A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or aren't even asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. We'll be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Now, episode seven brings us the downright bloody weird Diamonds of Forever. My special guest this week is all-round writer, author, and the David Niven we bloody deserve, Jason Sinclair, who can be found on Twitter as at JLSync. So, without any further ado, let's start the show, Mr. Wint. The wine is quite excellent. Although for such a grand meal, I had rather expected a claret. Of course. Unfortunately, our cellar is rather poorly stocked with clarets. Mouton Rothschild is a claret. And I've smelt that after shave before, and both times I've smelt a rat. Jason Sinclair, welcome. Thank you, John. Welcome for joining us on um, SmirchPod this week. It's an absolute pleasure. I wish I knew what you'd said about me in the uh, introduction that you just done. Oh, well, you'll find out. Yeah, but you could say, like, Jason Sinclair, war criminal. I could have done done. But I'll come in and just be jolly and say, yes, thanks, John. (laughs) Delighted to be here. And there's a knock at the door from the UN. What, at your house? No, at your house, because you, you being a war criminal. Like that, that Father Ted-looking guy that they caught eventually. Yeah. That's you, that is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, anyway, so... Yeah, okay, go on. Sorry, we're getting back... I was going to accuse you of war crimes of, of, of that, more that, elaborate nature. Best, on, we, best we, not. Do you want to talk about James Bond? I'd like to talk about Diamonds Are Forever, the bloody right. weird Diamonds Are Forever. Yes, it's a strange film. It's like a sort of porno in, ingested fever dream. In what way? It's just very strange. It's full of half-naked ladies and nothing particularly makes sense. Well, that's true. I mean, that's, that's not what I would call porno. And I, I, but, um, I've obviously led a sheltered life. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you have. You oh. just have a limited vocabulary. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is an odd film. It's 
sort of this weird half, it was 60s, half in the 70s, completely tone deaf to everything about both decades. Um, well, particularly, for instance, I watched Iron Majesty's Secret Service close to this, as you right. can imagine. Yeah. And when you put them next to each other, it's like they don't belong in the same franchise at all. Right. They're very, very um, polar opposites of each other. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched Daggers of Forever quite a long time, and I watched it on sort of fast-forward today, mm. probably watched about 45 minutes worth, all in all, and it's, I mean, that's uh, that made it no more odd than it would have been yeah. watching the two-hour film. I think I got, the, I got the main idea of it back again. It all came flooding back. I quite resent you for the time that it's taken me to yeah, watch Yeah, I've had that a lot, actually. Right. So there we are. I have seen Diamonds of Forever probably about... In three or four times mm. in my life, I'd imagine in sort of chunks in the afternoons in on Boxing Day or whatever. Yeah. But, but where, where, how, how far are you up to? Are you like a comic book guy style? Watch them twenty times each. Uh, I, I have seen them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to have them on video as a kid, so I'd always like watch a Bond film. Yeah. My parents, when I was a kid, my parents had like a video library. Yeah. Where they had like an annotated book. And things so I'd quite often well, I'd get taped off the telly, yeah. I'd get home from school, and I'd chuck a Bond film on. See, I, I think that's the thing. That's when my I know all the Bonds, sort of Connery and Moore, and my Bond education sort of stops at View to a Kill, basically. Because when did View to a Kill come out? It was about 85. 85, yeah. 85, so it would have been on TV like 87, 88 when I was 15. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, so that's about, and then after, that's when you watch Bonds because, or in my case, that's when I watch Bonds because you can't go out to the cinema yourself. You can't, like, you don't have the freedom to do other things, uh, choose your own entertainment. There were only four channels on, so any film that was on television you would watch. Yeah. And Bond films would always be on television. Yeah. So that, that's basically my Bond education. And then I know nothing about Bond films until Casino Royale, and then uh, nothing after Casino Royale either. Yeah, you, uh, you've made a yeah. wise decision there. Right. Okay. But anyway, um, the, the, you mentioned Roger Moore, because that's my uh, thing about this film, is that it feels very bad. The only thing that's missing from this film, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but then I suddenly thought to myself... If this was Roger Moore in this, it would make sense. Yes. Because it feels like a Roger Moore Bond, because it's very weird and silly. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's very... Um, it's on a piece with Live and Let Die, isn't it? Just from... I'd say from, Man with a Golden Gun. Well, and that as well. Yeah. All, all, I've been doing my research that all Tom Mankiewicz scripted films, and he is appalling. He really is just oh, a shambles. He isn't, but... Well, I, look, his father wrote all about Eve. Yeah. His uncle wrote Citizen Kane. Hmm. Okay, so he's he's growing up in as a Hollywood royalty, yeah. sheltered from everything. He thinks he's like now this countercultural voice, but he's no sort of Peter Fonda. He's like just some hack idiot. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that there's been any like diminishing generational returns like that until Toby Young came along. <laughs> it's like you know that is harsh. All about Eve, yeah, but man what? with the golden gun. All right. Tom Mankiewicz. Citizen Kane. Tom Mankiewicz, right, was jettisoned in by Richard Donner to save Superman, and he did. His Superman script is amazing. <laughs> You're saying he saved Superman? He did, because the original script was... What man does that make him if he saved Superman? Well, exactly. He's more than Superman, isn't he? But yeah, the original right. Superman script was like the Batman 60s camp type thing, and he put it, you know, gave it gravitas. Right. Maybe he matured. I didn't like Superman as a 60s camp thing. Wouldn't no. that have been good? 
No, not really. It's better than James Bond as a 60s camp thing, which is what you got with Diamonds of Forever. Well, you did, yeah, you did. But maybe maybe that was his brief, because he didn't write it alone. He wrote, he wrote it with Richard Maybaum, who writes most of the Bond films anyway. Right. So perhaps him and Maybaum together sort of the, tilted the scales, maybe. Do you think, if I meant to ask you as a Bond expert, do you think that Diamonds of Forever knows it's being camp? Or do you think it's trying to be straight ahead? Bond? I think it knows. It must know, surely. You can't it's, watch that back and think... It's not like Hammer Horror type on the buses camp. No. It's, it's, it, it's such like badly done camp that you don't it even realise that they might not even be doing camp at all. They might think that Charles, Charles Grey as a transvestite is a valid plot point. Yeah. Instead of... And, and there are definite portions of this film where you just think, is there a script here or are they just making it up as they go along? Yeah, well, you mean not even the dialogue, the plot. The plot? I I think we'll get to it, but I think the last half an hour is just fucking appalling. Right. It's just, it's it's like carry on, you know, there's some carry on films where you think no one knows what's going on here, they're just making it up. This feels like that, it's just bizarre. Are we in danger of being flamed by sort of Diamonds Are Forever fanatics? Do you think there are any? Well, there might be. Hmm. I was thinking that it's that it's a particularly sort of alt-right film, Diamonds of Forever, or there are parts of it. There's one specific part of it. There are, well, there are two specific parts of it, what? which are particularly alt-right. What's well, Bambi, and Thump- Bambi and Thumper, for one thing. Really? I mean, yes. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm like sort of over-interpreting when I'm saying that, you know, that sort of bond there is confronted with two powerful women, one black both possibly lesbian we don't know about that but possibly is like there's he's confronted with women's liberation and civil rights the two great <laughs> great sores of the 1960s moving into the <laughs> 1970s the things that conservative 1971 man is terrified by threatened by and there he is bond masterful coming into this weird 70s atrium confronted with that and and they attack him and he kicks the shit out of them and well, tries to drown them this ex- drowns them as a laugh just to show he can this explains the poor box office returns because it lost out famously to on the buses which famously well, i'm not surprised famously has a plot of women bus drivers being run out of town so well they are of a piece mm. you can take them together and write a book out of them this is i mean this is nigel farage's dream <laughs> if you ask nigel if you got nigel farage on smirch pod i'm yeah. sure he'd come on if you asked him yeah then and you asked him his favorite single scene in james bond <laughs> he would say bambi and thumper i can guarantee it he would, he would love that that's his fantasy I, I actually wrote down in my note here to be precise i wrote um, bambi and thumper a bit shit a bit shit. No, it's fodder for the alt right, and it's the reason that you that you will be getting flamed off Twitter. Anyway, with the bit in the circus, what the fuck is that about? Well, the, the woman the, who turns the into black the... woman mm. turning into a gorilla. These are the only two black characters in the. Sorry, they're not the only two black characters in the film. There are also black characters in the first five minutes of the film who are supposed to be like happy workers. Who, who are devoted to the company, but turn out to be like feral villains and thieves. And those are the black characters in the film, John. Mm. This is what you're doing a podcast about. I hope you're happy with yourself. Your pen tapping's very loud, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I'll stop that. Stop tapping agi- that pen. I was, I was getting agi- agitated. Find another way um, to deal with your agitation. Like, have you got any suggestions? How do you deal with your agitation? I do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> What's the point of that if you can't tap a pen on it? So I'm gonna we need to bring a pen, but I'm going to get like a sponge or something to yeah. tap it into. Do it on your knee. That's yeah. even worse, that one there. All right, this is my knee. Can you hear this? No. Right, fine. So we need to talk about Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid. Yes, we do. We what the fuck is going on there? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit lost with that. I mean, <laughs> it, this may go into another whole right thing about, yeah, um, gay people are obviously sociopathic and homicidal. Apparently, these were the two first out gay men in mainstream Hollywood film. I don't know whether that's correct or not. I read it on the internet. But um, if so, that's a first. Yeah. Um, there's a, a sort of Thelonious Monk's bassist and Crispin Glover's dad. Yeah, Putter, Putter something. And, yeah, Crispin Glover's dad, who's equally as strange as his son. Yes, and then some. Mm. And then some. They're, I mean, they're amazingly incapable killers, aside from anything else. Well, they're fairly efficient. Apart from with Bond, where they seem to be utterly well, apart shit. Apart from with Bond, mm. apart from with Bond, they, I mean, he's incapacitated on. To be fair, the, the, the coffin thing. one's pretty good, isn't it? He, Bond got very lucky there, but the other two are just rubbish. Well, yeah, he got lucky. I mean, I suppose he got lucky in, in all of them, but he wouldn't have got lucky if, while he was unconscious, they'd have shot him, for example, mm. or even made a, made one of these magical scorpions that kill you instantly by him. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's of. I mean, it's in a way of a part with the movie because it's like this weird misreading of counterculture, but also in a way, it's from a. They walk in from a completely different lot, basically, where they're filming God knows what. Yeah. For, for Dennis Hopper. Yeah. It's it's like they, I, I think they're supposed to be some sort of like Manson family or Zodiac type. I think so. Yeah. But that, that they're but but they're just sort of shit. not. They're shit. They're not. And it's like, and doing that as well, it's only a few years after that. It's like sort of, you know, um, like an American movie franchise, like if you have like Born or something with a Peter Sutcliffe type character in it. It's, well, when they're based in Britain. Yeah. So, they, so they've got this like Lancashire Ripper or something that's that's doing their killings for them, hmm. which but with a tin ear of it. I liked... I um... the, York, the Yorkshire Rapper. <laughs> That should be a novelty song. That's a really good or about, idea. Or about, yeah, that's a Mel B's career should like restart with uh, with a song called "The Yorkshire Rapper." Is it Mel B? Yes. Yeah, it's Mel B. Yeah, yeah. Mel C's the Scouse one, isn't she? She should do it. I'm the Yorkshire Rapper. Welcome to my show. You're wasted. Well, as as, a, as not being Mel B. I just, I just mean generally in life. <laughs> um, which one, Mister Wynn? Is he the one with? Is he the bassist? I don't know. I can never remember which one's which. But the, I don't know. the oh, trick no, I don't he does with the dentist is really bad, and I can't believe the dentist fell for it. Which one's that again? Well, at the oh, beginning, oh, he suddenly oh, goes, oh, ow, 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 my wisdom tooth. Yes. yes. Mr. Shit, more like. But we need to talk about Sean Connery, because I've written here that um, Bond has obviously turned to comfort eating to get over Tracy's death. It's the, uh, it's the only sort of visible sign, isn't it? Or, he yeah. looks fucking but, terrible in this film. I wouldn't say terrible job. He looks like he hasn't slept. You looked at yourself. You looked at yourself. I, I, I'm not in Diamonds of Forever, am I? I don't mean he, his weight. I mean, his weight is bad, but he looks... Not in anything is forever. He looks disheveled. Um, he looks... His wig's not great. And, yeah, his weight kind of fluctuates. It's... Yeah. They paid top dollar to have him in this. They paid $1.2 million. Dollars. You'd think he'd, but, you know, <laughs> lose a bit of weight before he turned you put, up. You put him, you say, who, he'll say, who are the other men in the film? And they'll say, well, Charles Gray and... Mm. Uh, Putter, 
That's a jazz musician. Yeah. Crispin Glover's got that. Mm. He'll say, oh, fantastic. I look great next to them. And, and there we are. I don't, we do, I, he knows he doesn't need to try. Don't forget shit Felix. Oh, yeah. Felix, who's not really Felix. He's that rubbish Felix. in this. I like the way that um, when Bond first meets uh, Tiffany Case. Yes. That he drops a couple of awful lines, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That's a lovely little nothing you're almost wearing. That's not a bad line. I mean, that's not one of his worst lines. But then he follows it up with, as long as the collars and cuffs match. Yes, which is an awful line. Yeah. That's, that, that's an awful line. I do like that the one, the one thing that made me almost half laugh in this film, and there was only one, was, um, was Tiffany Case saying that she was called Tiffany because um, uh, oh God, yeah. she, she was born on, on, the, on the floor of Tiffany's while her parents were looking for an engagement ring, mm. uh, which, you know, that's, that's not a bad not a bad line. Yeah. Maybe maybe Mankiewicz's dad wrote that for him. Said, "Here, son, I'll give you this. Now, now go and spin your gold that you can't spin, you Toby Young twat." Um, Sean Connery, though, inspired a generation of schoolboys in this film, didn't he? In what he, way? he does the solo kissing trick. Oh yes, he does. Yeah, mm. in, Amster- in Amsterdam. I love oh, that. Sorry, I tap my pen. That's fine. Um, yeah. Yes. He also, this is on record as the only time Sean Connery has bothered to do any acting because when he pretends to be Dutch in the lift, <laughs> I thought this is the only time you've bothered to do any other kind was of acting. Was that Dutch? Ever. I thought it was just like generic foreign, wasn't it? He it was, was like something like, which floor, who, which floor are you or something? Yeah. Well, he did some acting. He, he did a very good American accent as well through the phone in this film. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was. With Q's amazing voice-changing gadget. Yeah. Which I must say was much better than the fucking pocket mousetrap he had at the beginning. Yes. Quick, check yes. his pockets. Ah, oh, there's a mousetrap in there. It, it, wasn't a vintage, um, it wasn't a vintage film for Q, no. I don't think. Yeah, I, I want to ask a question, actually. You know when they kill Peter Franks and Bond swaps it, it makes it look like it was, it was Bond? Right. It yes. raises two questions for me. One, Tiffany Case, this random diamond smuggler, yeah. knows who James Bond is, so it goes to show yeah. how crap a spy he is. Yeah. And two, are we supposed to believe that Bond and Tiffany stuff diamonds up that man's ass? I'm. Hmm, I just. I mean, I, I started thinking for a little bit about the logistics of how they moved the body back to. I went to America, not to London. To how they moved the body to to America. Hmm. Uh, we're, we're, but, but it was sort of was it James Bond's body was it Peter Franks's body was it, was James Bond Peter Franks's brother or was he James Bond who was in with her I started thinking about the logistics of that and then I just thought this is the, the plotting in this is so bad anyway that I'm not going to try and make it logical um, so the same answer probably goes to the diamonds up the arse question yeah because maybe, I, I maybe keep... they did maybe they didn't it's Schrodinger's arse <laughs> you don't know whether there's well, actually, it's the box to Schrodinger's arse. Yeah. I don't know whether there's diamonds in it. Well, I just keep or, thinking that there must it's be... A cat. It's almost like there's a moment that should have been filmed where you see Bond and Tiffany carefully placing diamonds up a dead man's anus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't have the DVD extras back then, did they? No. But if they did, yeah. that would probably have been the first thing. Because that that's have. difficult. And also, Tiffany, I must say... Starts mm. off as one of those bold and brassy Bond girls. Yeah. By the end, she's a fucking idiot. Well, it's the all right again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it? You, well, presumably. Is, is, is that not what they Are you talking about how in the beginning she's in 1939 and by the end she's 1945 in the bunker? Um, well, maybe. I was, I, I was more thinking that in the beginning she's like in 
2017, and then by the end she's in 1954. But uh, well, she, she, I mean, she keeps changing her hair colour. So. She keeps changing her hair colour, and then, you know, at the end of the oil rig, she literally just falls off, and she puts the wrong tape in, wanders around in a bikini... Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a letdown because when you first, they're extraordinary outfits that she wears. Yeah, because like seventies bikinis hmm. at, at the end. Particularly, I mean, there's apparently I didn't notice because I wasn't watching carefully. There's continuity errors between what colour bad bad outfit she's wearing. Oh, there's that. terrible continuity errors in this film. Yeah, like for instance, you know the car stunt where he puts the car on two I, wheels. Yeah, I've heard yeah, yeah, and as he goes through the alleyway, when they shot the st- the, the other the car coming out the other side, the stunt team that did it did it the wrong way round. So to fix yes. it, to fix it, they did the interior of Sean Connery and Jill St. John in the car, and they just flipped the camera to make it look like the car somehow flipped over yeah. as it went through the alleyway. Yeah. Which is just like lean over as well, yeah. as if that's going to make a difference to like doing. Yeah. To like running your car on two wheels without falling over. And then, then you're such yeah. as such yeah, as the bo- to sleep over. It'll happen. It's like, like they're on a rally or something. Yeah, and then such as the Bond way that the, the police car then tries the same thing and then falls over and smashes up. It's like because the policemen are fatter. That's why. Yeah. So they yeah. leaned over but too far. They've got to get the optimum lean. It's nice seeing the Las Vegas strip looking so bare though. Yes. I kept yes. thinking somewhere there's like Sam Ace Rothstein or Lefty Rosenthal out there controlling. Yeah. Um, was it? Were they in Sands? Weren't they? Wasn't the Sands Howard Hughes? Wasn't the Sands actually Howard? Oh Howard yeah, Hughes? that's right. Because this is this is a good bit of trivia actually. Because the plot for Diamonds Are Forever came to Cubby Brockie in a dream. Yes. He yes. dreamt that he because saw Howard, Howard Hughes. Hughes isn't yes, yeah. and, it, and through Howard Hughes, he got permission to close down the whole strip yeah. and do the car stunt. Well, I mean, obviously Howard Hughes is Willard White. I mean, that's obviously that's uh, yeah. like the obvious thing. But Howard Hughes is like, or was in real life, the ultimate Bond villain. Mm. He's not like the hero of the story. He, he would make. He, he, he may or may not have been living on the top floor of the Sands or the Dunes. He may or may not have been in his desert island. He's always. Sort of, he's either fantastically rich, mm. powerful uh, man looking to exercise power in any of these eccentric ways that, that he did. He is or was a Bond villain. Mm. And, and yeah, somehow in this film, he's sort of the, the victim. Of the characters with the victim. Mm. Yeah. I like to, um, you know, when Bond um, sneaks into the bad guy's van. Yes. Doctor, whatever, oh, he's a professor, wasn't he? I can't remember his name now. Yeah. He sneaks in the van. And I kept thinking, I, I, if I was driving a van and some bloke going, I think I'd probably notice. Mm. I, I don't think I would. No, to be honest. You're obviously no, quite can, fat I can, dash. I can barely notice if there's like two other people in the car with me if I'm driving. That, that alone, speaks uh, volumes for you. I'm concentrating on the road. Mm. What do you do? Well, if I was at a petrol station and some woman was being a bit of a dick, and then someone got in the back of my van, I think I'd probably notice. You'd you'd be like. Probably still looking at Jilson John. Well, you? to be honest with you, when I look at Jilson John now, all I think of is Seinfeld. Right. She's um, she's married to Robert Wagner now, isn't she? She is. And she her is. and Robert Wagner play Brian Cranston's dad in yes. that episode yes, where he yes, turns yes. Jewish and gets married. Yes, yes. And yes. Robert Wagner calls him an anti-dentite bastard. Indeed, yes. So when I see Jilson John, all I imagine is that bit in Seinfeld. Yeah, Robert Wagner, Wagner, who... Hmm. Possibly killed Plenty O'Toole's sister. Yes. Possibly. Did. Yes, there's dead. I don't know. There. I don't know what your libel, the indemnity is like. I think yeah. possibly is all right. Allegedly. I, I think allegedly is stronger than possibly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Yeah.
But Plenty of Tools is quite a ridiculous character, isn't she? It's a ridiculous character. It's a ridiculous name mm. as well. Mm. It's, I have a problem with this. I have, a pro- I have many problems, yeah. as, as you know, yeah. you're going to hear about. I, I do, yeah. But Plenty. No one calls a kid Plenty. No. There's, no. no. there's no kids called Plenty, even at like North London Pride. It's up there with Pussy. Yeah. It's like, I mean, names like Tiffany, Tiffany's mm-hmm. Honey, whatever. Those, yeah. are, those are names. They're stripper names, but they're names. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, and but, but when they do Pussy Galore, you know it's an obviously made-up name. It's completely made up because no, not only is no one called Pussy, no one's called Galore either. There's no no one in the in the world with a surname Galore. No. Whereas there are people with a surname Ryder or Case or O'Toole. Mm-hmm. So plenty O'Toole. It goes halfway. It's nowhere. It's not like your obvious. I mean, what they really wanted to do was call it Plenty of Knockers, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, Plenty, plen- o, plenty, plenty o, o Massive Tits. Yeah, that mm. thing. Plenty of hey, look, gentlemen. Mm. All right, look at these boobs, will you? But no, and they, so they so they call her Plenty O'Toole, which mm. doesn't work at all because she hasn't. Ah, like, but it does when yeah. someone says but named it, after your yeah, father, perhaps. So they write that in. Yeah, exactly. Write that in. No, but that doesn't work either. How does that work? Think it through, John. Come no, on. it doesn't work. You, no. you can tell me how that works. It doesn't. Your father has a big penis. Top. Yeah. So therefore, you have big breasts. I'm not a doctor. That's not how it works, though. Is it not? I don't think so. Are I you sure? Been studies. Have you done studies? No. Either way, we have to find have out. Ever, if have, King... you ever gone, have you ever gone up to an attractive woman in a bar or a casino or wherever? And Can said, I stop you there? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever did, right? If you ever did such a thing, would you say, "Hi, your dad's got a big cock." No, probably not. Would that be your opening line? Because that no. was basically Bond's opening line, as well as slipping a $5,000. We need to ask King Dong if his daughter has got big knockers. That's the only way to solve this particular scientific <laughs> I equation. I think that's just one example. Was King Dong real? Was King Dong I real, then? No. Because I don't know. I used to hear about him at school, and I don't know if he's real. I used to hear him in schools like the Candyman. What school did you go to? You don't really know what school I went to. Yeah, he was like the sexual Candyman. (laughs) It was either him or someone would call someone called Long Dong Silver. And again, I don't know if he was real either. If if you're listening to this and you know about King Dong or Long Dong Silver, please do write in. DM John with the details. Yeah, DM me, and I'd definitely be pleased to hear about King Dong. Or C. Pictures. I want to ask you as well, you know when the scientist has got Bond on the back of his van and drives to the lab, um, and Bond does his... He basically out-Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy like 13 years earlier. Because Bond wanders in and it's like... You know that yeah. bit in Beverly Hills Cop where Eddie Murphy's like, I'm from security yes, and exactly. everything here. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I remember it now you mention it. Yeah, it yeah. is very much like that. He does that. And then yeah. he decides to escape the lab after he's got what he wants. And he, suddenly he wanders onto a pretend moon landing. yes. I've written down here, what, what the fuck is that doing there? What the fuck is that about? And the bad move. Do you know what else what the fuck is about in that in that scene? Hmm. The bash that protects you from all radiation. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. But what got we me... We like a sort of science upside-down world here. Well, you mean like, possibly, like you know, Stranger where Things? Where big cocks do have <laughs> daughters inevitably well-endowed as well. Yeah, yes, like Stranger Things, but with cocks. With cocks, yeah. yeah. Can we pitch that to Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Netflix is the one to pitch that to. Skinflix. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what got me about the moon landing scene, as ridiculous as it is, but Bond runs through, right? And the astronauts that are on this pretend moon landing turn around in slow motion and walk after him, moonwalking like in slow motion. <laughs> I, I wanted to, if I'd, I'd go on the intercom and go, lads, lads, you're not on the moon. Yeah. Chill out. Well, yeah, so they're going slow motion and he's going full, full yeah. tilt. What the yeah. fuck is that all about? I and then he gets know. in the moon buggy, which I've written down in my notes here. Moon buggy is stupid as fuck. Yes, yeah. That's and it, it's an incredibly bad scene. It's appalling, whole, isn't it? Chase, and it's such a beautiful place—the desert outside, sort of outside Vegas in Nevada, and then into Arizona. It's such a wonderful place, and they make it look like shit. They make it yeah. look like sort of rocky outcrops of nothing. It's horrible. But the, the, the sight of a, a fairly portly Sean Connery getting on a tiny three-wheeled motorbike is quite yes. amusing. That is that is worthwhile. <laughs> it is like something out of You've Been Framed. But it's, you know, I mean, that salary they were paying him, what did you say it was, over a million? It was like 1.2 million in 1971. How much, how, how much does a moon buggy cost? I don't know. I mean, well, a fake moon buggy, obviously, but a better fake moon buggy than the ones Well, there's continuity using. errors with the moon buggy as well, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, there's you one... You keep asking me these things. There's, 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 there's one bit... Well, well, concentrated one of, on the film. One of the cars that's chasing him crashes, and as it crashes, you see one of the wheels from the moon buggy bounce through the frame. Yeah. And then the next shot, the moon buggy's got all its wheels. I want to ask about um, Blofeld and his double living together. <laughs> I kept imagining like men behaving badly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to go on, an, on a, it's like an erotic angle there. Well, it could but, be, couldn't it? Would you? What, fuck myself? Yeah. But it depends. <laughs> what? How drunk, how drunk one of you was. Exactly. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I mean, at what point is it like not right you know what rights do you have if you look like each other and at one what point do you forget which one of you is which i don't know i don't know i don't know how it would work i mean it bears closer inspection <laughs> sorry yeah but i just kept thinking i kept imagining you know at the end of men behaving badly where they just sit down on the sofa open a can of stella 
and go Kylie. Whoa, I'm imagining that with the Blofeld. With the Blofeld, so yeah. I, I imagine, I imagine them arms around each other getting down to all sorts. I mean, obviously, not Kylie. It'd be like Tchaikovsky. Whoa, because it's Charles Gray and he's more sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, he's not that sophisticated that he wouldn't bum the other Charles Gray. Yeah, you're saying that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Such a beloved actor. <laughs> Well, he's not around to ask, unfortunately, if he was. That's true. But I have to say that when he, when you, you know, going back to what you said earlier, when he does dress up as a woman, this does mean, I'm putting it on the record here, that when he's dressed as a woman, he becomes the most fuckable Blofeld. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fact that cannot be denied. (laughs) I mean, really. (laughs) Donald Pleasance Pleasance does nothing for me. Okay. (laughs) Christoph Waltz. Telly Savalis is a very... He's got nice eyes. powerful man. But you know he hasn't got lipstick on, <laughs> or John. a wig. So John, so that's a, that's right. Okay. But also, you know, when they go to the oil rig yeah. later on, and this random moment when they're like, "Oh look, there's a plane," and then the plane shits out this silver ball, <laughs> and they're like, "Get that silver ball!" and they open yeah. it, bombs in there, and just you know, that's the point where I started thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is, well, they blew up the oil rig um, too too soon, didn't they? Yeah. That's, uh... From the all rig onwards, it's like they're making it up as they go along. It's like when you're a student. Yeah. When I was, I, I went to, you know, I went to a media college where <clears throat> you'd occasionally be given a camera and a project to do, but the project would be like a random word, and you'd have to make it up. It was like it was like the script just said "oil rig end battle" because mm. it was just all over the place, wasn't it? Yeah, and well, they actually did. They, they literally blew up too soon. Mm. They, they 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 discharged the explosives too before they should have done and and, and thing and then there was there were big plot points about frogmen coming on and stuff like that that were actually in the movie posters. I've been doing my research mm. that were actually in the movie posters and were supposed to be in the movie, but they couldn't have in the movie because they'd already blown up the oil rig. Oh, for um, fuck's sake! Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. But I had to I had to go and get my book, The Essential James Bond, right, which I've got yeah. now, because Blofeld kept referring to his stupid crap submarine by name mm. he kept referring to my name and i couldn't work out what the fuck he was talking about so i, I had to look it up and it's called a baffo sub <laughs> it's a mini submarine yes. used by blofeld that tend to escape from his doomed oil rig it's rubbish isn't it, it well yeah i've seen so, it up I mean, close. even i mean all, all the all the modes of transport in this one are rubbish aren't they yeah even though like the car is i, th- uh, I think the car is not good. it's not a great car is it it's all right but, it's all right, I, mean, yeah. but it's, I mean it's not there's it's not a great deal for the... Uh... It's no moon buggy. No. No. No, it isn't. But a Bond calling Tiffany Case a stupid twit is quite fun. I missed that bit, I must admit. He said, you stupid twit, you swapped also, Yeah, well, he also, he also slaps her, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And then he does all that stuff with Bambi and Thumper, as already discussed. Yeah, yeah. And, and he basically pays plenty of tool, five grand to shagger and then leads her to a death and it's not a great advert for bond and women but there's an interesting thing because bond is a wine twat yes in the early scene with the sherry i noticed that he was yeah. being a complete wine twat he's, he's done it in previous films but well sherry twat in this one isn't it yeah but it pays off at the end because then he tricks mr whichever one it is about oh, the yes. oh god that that with like their cartoon bomb and then the cartoon wedgie to cartoon lift them out of the cartoon yacht. Mm. That that's got to be again made up the on the spot. Scenes, one of the worst scenes in the, in Bond. Yeah, you, you will find as you as you keep watching it through. But also again, it just feels made up on the spot. Yeah, 
It's like the bit if you were a villainous killer henchman, would you let someone while you're bent over pick up your hands, put a bomb in your hands, and then flip you over the side? Well, no. He wasn't exactly incapacitated, was he? No. He wasn't like no. poor Mister the other one who was on fire. <laughs> yes, poor Mister Winter Kid. Yeah, whichever the fuck. Oh yeah. Which always makes me think of League of Gentlemen. Did you watch League of Gentlemen? Yes, I did. The uh, road planners who came to the local shop, one of them was called Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. That's, this is this is where your encyclopedic knowledge of, uh, of arcane comedy comes in. Yeah. I wouldn't say everything. Well, I certainly hadn't read into the all. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you don't know. You don't know this whole plenty of tool science question. Well, no. So, I mean, this is a question that will baffle scientists. You don't know, you don't know where King Dong is. I think, Jason. Jason, I think people have had enough of experts. Had enough of you. That's true. Bond. What else? What else do we need to talk about? Well, the only other notes I'd written here is um. Ah, I put it here. The world is at the mercy of a tape deck, which is fucking terrifying. Yes. Tapes. Yeah, they're basically tapes. showing off about having cassette tapes. I know. It's amazing. But, I mean... I mean, having lived through the tape deck... Could. I mean, if you, if you put a... With no disrespect, man, if you put, a, like, a, a USB stick in Jill St. John's arse, it would get lost up there. Wouldn't it would, it? You it need would, the yeah. tape. Hmm. Although she was... She was a, I found her when I was younger, at least, a very fanciable Bond girl. Yes. Jill St. John. Yeah. She had something. She does. Well, this is it. This is what I was saying earlier, is that I think in the beginning she's got a bit of chutzpah about her. She does. To the fact that she'll <laughs> she, give him... She just, she just yeah, gradually realises what a pile of shit she's involved in and starts phoning it in. She does. I can't mean... give you my A game. And, she's, and, and you know how I was saying that earlier that it was uh, sort of a, like a badly done counterculture movie yeah. in some ways? It's also a badly done Rat Pack movie because it's got the Vegas thing in, but it's really sort of... Well, and Sammy Davis Jr. was in it. Well, apparently he was like, just, he, he was in shot, wasn't he? There's a he scene with him it. playing cards. It's on YouTube. Yeah, you that, that doesn't mean... But is he, is he speaking? Is it I think, I think he does speak. Yeah. I mean, Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, he gets cut out, but there's yeah. a scene earlier where Bond's reading a magazine and there's a picture of Sammy Davis Jr. in it. Right. Okay. But it's still, though, it's, it, it's still sort of coattails of doesn't mm. get wrapped, and which would fit with Jocelyn Jong. She's sort of around that. Yeah. There. And Jimmy Dean, who plays Willard White, is. He's great. He's not quite Rat Pack. He's not what you would. He'd be, he'd be sort of, you know, the Rat Pack tribute to that sort of thing. Shat Pack. The Shat Pack. That's mm. right. Which sounds like a rapper. <laughs> the Yorkshire rapper. Yeah. Uh, I'm MC Shat Pack. <laughs> Yorkshire rapper with a Sutcliffe swing. Um, He'd be with MC Hammer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. Once in a while. Once in a while, you yeah. manage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if you throw enough <laughs> shit at a wall. <laughs> but um, Blofeld well, has that line. Beat um, it, it instantly before it's stolen. Exactly. Blofeld has the line, nice cheeks, if only there were brains, about Tiffany. Which also doesn't really make sense. No. The thing is, just, I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for Blofeld on this, because he spends most of the film, you know, monologuing and being a, I'd say, a particularly solid bad guy. I feel guy. sorry for him. He's fucking himself senseless up there. Hang on. Right. And then he, he gets to have the ignominy of sitting in a tiny little fucking stupid submarine and being battered against a wall. And you don't well, actually see what happens to him at all, do you? There's, pro, there's pros and cons. So we've reached the point of the podcast where I ask the uh, Smirch Pod quickfire questions. 
Right, I haven't heard these before because I haven't got to the end of the podcast before. But, um, right, unbelievable. Okay, so the <laughs> well, first. Don't hmm? be offended. Okay, I won't, but secretly I will. Okay, it's not because of the quality; it's because I listened um, sort of last thing at night, and I, I like I dropped off within half an hour, and that's even on the best podcasts. Good. Okay, so the first question is: Who, in your opinion, is the best Bond, and what is the best Bond film? Um. I think Sean Connery is the definitive Bond. Mm-hmm. I think the only Bond film that probably actually works as a film, which is what I'm more interested in generally, mm-hmm. than Bond is Casino Royale. So I would say that. Well, the Daniel Craig one. The Daniel Craig one, yeah. Okay, although, okay. The, although the David Niven one is good as well in a different way. Mm. So maybe that. I don't know. Are you, are you including that in the canon? It's going to get picked up, yeah. It's not in the canon, but we're going to do it in this. Okay. Um, so the next question is, um, who is the worst Bond and which is your least favourite Bond film? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I don't know because I don't really know anything about the um, the, the Timothy Dalton or... or Pierce um, Brosnan. Or Pierce, Pierce Brosnan Bonds. Mm. So I couldn't really judge. So I have to say Sean Connery is also my worst Bond because you can't say Roger Moore. Mm. And I can't say George Lazenby, otherwise you'd be very angry because I know you're you're a... Big fan of George Lazenby, aren't you? So, uh, so I'll have to hedge and say Connery is is the worst as well. Interesting. Often within, often within the same film. Yeah. Okay. So Bond is full of stupid names such as Miss Moneypenny, Penelope Smallbush, and Holly Goodhead. Give me your best Bond lady name now. Antio Tool. Antio Knockers. Antio Knockers. Good. So, give me your best Bond film title that you've just made up. The world is not an arse. Not an arse? Oh, that doesn't work either. I just had to make that up straight away. The mm. world is an arse. The world is... I like the world is an arse. The arsehole of menace. <laughs> That's even better. Well, you, you've got to... You can't just say, make it up now. You've got to give, like, people a running start and then, then they'll come out with the, with the stuff. So, yeah, the arsehole of menace. That's my Good. title. So, What's yours? Hmm? What's yours? Or have you done this um, before? No, I haven't, actually. It's... You're not allowed to throw it back to me. That's like the, the guy from Holy Grail, the bridge keeper, getting asked the same question. Can't do that. Yeah, can. Happened in Holy Grail. I can do it. Yeah, but what happened to the bridge keeper? He wasn't on Skype, was he? No. Well, if he was, he'd probably have got switched off. <laughs> Go on, man. I dare you. What, to make up a Bond title now? Well, I was actually daring you to switch the Skype off, but yes, make up no. a Bond title now. Um, tomorrow will never... Ha- ha- I don't know. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Can't. You're not so smart now, are you? No. Well, I You're wasn't so expecting that. Well, I not... wasn't expecting your question either. This hasn't happened. I wasn't expecting your question, but I still came up with the arsehole of menace within 15 seconds. All right. The the legend of Curly's gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Sorted. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, uh... Sorry. I'm still here. I'm just trying not to laugh. Okay. So the next question A hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templar, the Saint, and James Bond 007. Who wins? Bond. Bond? Good. That's what I like to hear. And finally, you're stranded on an island. 
with Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan and Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if that fails, who do you eat first? Hmm. Um, there's quite a bit of Diamonds Are Forever Sean to eat, isn't there? So, so, so that would probably be, uh, be number one. Or there's, there's more to you than meets the eye or something. Isn't that what Tiffany Case says to him? She uh, does. On yeah. point. Mm. Well, we haven't talked, by the way, before, mm. before we finish this, mm. about how this film literally opens. Because I was, I was talking earlier about this, uh, about what a horrible film it is and how alt-right and, and, and racist and sexist and pretty much everything wrong with it. Yeah. It literally opens with Bond ripping off a woman's bikini. And strangling and, her with it. And trying to strangle her with it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I think of your women's lib. And then it accelerates. It could have been Jermaine Greer. What, in the, in the opening... Yeah, him or, saying, this is what I think that. of you burning your bras. Yeah. Yeah. So you hadn't thought about that, had you? Um, no. You probably had, to be fair. So you'd eat Connery, oh, but yes. who would you have Sorry, as leader? I've only, I've only answered half the question. Well, if I'm on the desert, if I'm on the desert island, I'd be leading it. Oh. I'm not, have, I'm not having those people sort of getting in their way with their killing and their they, nationalism. They'd probably try and fuck one of the coconuts. They probably would. Hmm. They'd probably be trying to invent, like, figure out Blofeld's way of doubling himself so they can fuck themselves or whatever yeah. they do. Yeah, I mean, who would pair up with who? That's a more interesting Oh, question. that is an interesting question. Maybe you should ask that. Well, I think, I think instinctively I would say Dalton and Craig because they're both intense. Yeah. And I think Moore and Connery because they go way back. <laughs> and Lazenby and Brosnan because they're, they're slightly sort of odd, aren't they? Right, okay, and, and this begs the, the follow-up question, giving-taking. Which way would that go? Oh, well, um, Connery's definitely a giver. Are you saying Moore's definitely a taker? <laughs> well, <laughs> perhaps, yeah. And I think with Craig and Dalton, they'd probably just have mutual masturbation. And with um, Brosnan and Lazenby, they would probably just, I, I don't know, actually, suck each other off at the same time. <laughs> You've obviously put a lot. I haven't actually. That was easier than the Bond title. (laughs) (laughs) This sort of imagery comes naturally. It just came to me, yeah, (laughs) as it were. Yeah, I mean, which of the, you know, Q and M, which way would that go? Oh, M's definitely the giver there, isn't he? I don't know. No, definitely, yeah. He's very dominant, isn't he, Q? Which is the one with the gadgets? Q. Right. Well, he did have a few tricks, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. He'd have, he'd have like a flashlight or something. <laughs> he'd have more than a flashlight, John. No, a flashlight. Yeah. Have a flashlight. Yeah. Anyway, we, fucking hell, what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> We're talking about Q&M fucking, John. That's what your pod's about. This is supposed to be a Q&A. Not a Q&A. Which, which again, again, sounds like a porn name now. <laughs> Q meets A. <laughs> Jesus Who's Christ. <laughs> Anal. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Oh. Let me just walk you through everything. Yeah, all right, sorry. We're just a bit, a, bit, a bit dizzied by, um, by, by all these... Um, Images. Gay, ...gay spies. Yeah. It's not that bit in Red Dragon where he's making him look at all those images. <laughs> Do you see? Right, it was a um, is- parallax view. Yeah. This is Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig having mutual masturbation. Do you see? (laughs) This is what they do to whoever the new James Bond is. They'll have to, like, watch that. This is why Daniel Craig is so depressed. Is he depressed? 
Oh, you often say he's haunted by his past. He is haunted by his past. Anyway, um, who's going to be the next Bond? Well, that is actually one of my questions. Didn't I ask you that? No. Oh, for fuck's okay. sake! I'll go, ask go, you go, now. Go, go back. You, yeah. you go back. So, but no, actually, what do you think? I'm not, can I not turn it around? Oh, I'd like Tom Hardy. Well, who would you like? I don't know. I've, I have no idea. I mean, I think like glad I didn't Idris, ask. Idris Elba hmm. would be right. Hmm. Right, and it would be some sort of reparation for. Uh, early 70s bond yeah i should probably add i've drunk too much beer which is why the question section this round has been a complete <laughs> sham yeah you're a shambles john why are you here? Uh, well exactly anyway jason sinclair thank you so much thanks for being on my show john <laughs> thanks for joining us this week and um yeah it's been a uh, yeah it's been a, a pleasure it's gone in unexpected directions and i'm glad it wasn't just about james bond no, exactly. That would have been boring. And you cannot be accused of that. No. Bye-bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.